And now, from the Center for Common Sense Counseling, here's Roland Trujillo. Welcome everyone, my name is Roland. The program is called Shedding Shackles. The basis of addiction is ego stubbornness. That's the theme of today's program. The basis of addiction is ego stubbornness. Would you like me to give you an example? I'll be pleased to give you an example. Here's one. What's one thing that a lot of people just can't let go of, and it ruins their life? It's resentment. A lot of people, maybe most people prior to becoming enlightened, prior to salvation, and there is a real salvation. These are not just words. Most people have some kind of a grudge, some kind of a hate, some kind of a judgment, some kind of a resentment against someone or many people. But often it's especially one person. Often begins, for example, with resentment toward dad. Somehow dad failed. Dad wasn't there for her. And she sensed that when she was a little child, she sensed that he wasn't there for her. And so she hated him. Now this resentment is so deep. It is such a deep root of resentment that must be extirpated that sometimes people don't even see it. They go around and they send Christmas cards and they give presents and they say nice things and they even have warm puppy type of feelings. But underneath it all is a judgment. It begins with judgment against dad, against father. Then it extends to all men. And so she walks around with a judgment of all men. Her husband and every man she sees, she watches. She sees some little weakness or some little look in his eye or he may not even do anything wrong just the mere fact that he's a man and she's has a resentment and a judgment she may not even be aware of the resentment anymore but the judgment that she's aware of but guess what that's what i was going to get to earlier remember i began this program i said the basis of addiction is ego stubbornness so she doesn't see it. But what if she did see it? What if at certain times and places and in certain moments she actually saw her own judgment? Which she does. She sees it. Like if she has a boyfriend or a husband and he does something. And she feels the hate and the judgment. So there it is. She sees it. But you know what? A lot of people won't give it up. They're stubborn. They hang on to that grudge. They hang on to that judgment. They hang on to it forever because it's the basis of their ego life, their pride, their sense of worth, their sense of being a martyr, of being hard done by, of being good in comparison to what they judge, their sense of self-righteousness. There you go. There's the word self-righteousness is dependent upon judging others and men are Oh, so judgeable, aren't they? And so, she won't give it up. She clings to it. 
and she elicits other people to support her in that judgment. And, of course, something, see, something, the dark side, something unholy that stands in the place of the holy, it supports her judgment, doesn't it? Yes, it does. It supports her judgment. And that aligns her on the wrong side, aligns her on the dark side. And unless she's willing to give up that judgment and that resentment, then it's not good. The basis of addiction is ego stubbornness. So I gave you one little example. There are many. So if you can't give up your work, if you're addicted to work, if you're addicted to alcohol, if you're addicted to marijuana, if you're addicted to junk food, if you're addicted to sports on television, if you're addicted to shopping, if you're addicted to spending, whatever it is you're addicted to, and then you struggle with it and try to give it up and you can't and you go back to it and keep going back to it, whatever it is that you're addicted to is a sign of ego stubbornness. Did you know that I have over 900 video YouTube lectures? My most popular YouTube lecture is Never Complain, Never Explain. So check it out at youtube.com or sheddingshackles.com. Hi, this is Roland. Just wanted to say hi to all the listeners in Southern California. San Bernardino, Yucaipa, Redlands, Temecula, and all of the beautiful cities around the Inland Empire and the Great Southland. also want to say hi to my new listeners in Kansas City and Indianapolis, Indiana. Welcome. Welcome all. We're talking today about uh, ego stubbornness. And I said that it's a basis of anything that you can't give up or won't give up. Can't give up or won't give up. The basis is ego stubbornness. Now let's look at this ego stubbornness. There's another word for it Christ used. He talked about hardness of heart. Yes, your heart becomes hard when you are stubborn, when you won't give things up. Of course, this stubbornness is an attitude. Let's look at different aspects of it. Different aspects. One aspect of ego stubbornness is not wanting to see. People don't want to see that they're wrong. They don't want to see that they're a failure. They don't want to see that their love is a lie, that they're actually just covering up under, un, what's underneath, which is resentment and judgment toward other people. They don't want to see that. They don't want to see it. So, they refuse to see it. People don't want to see that they're wrong. Have you ever confronted someone who doesn't want to see that they're wrong? It's impossible. It's impossible to show them that they're wrong. You may have a good intention. You have a math student, and the math student makes a mistake, and the math teacher points out the error. Well... A good math student, a smart one, will say, well, thank you. He's glad to see the error because now he can move on and get the right answer. You see what I mean? But a foolish student will resent having his error pointed out. And so he won't want to see it. Now, a lot of people, they just don't want to see that they're wrong. They don't want to see that they're in error. They don't want to see that they made a mistake. And they're very clever 
at making excuses, at denying it, and at making you look bad. See? And, and they also draw upon anger, don't they? Yes, they do. They draw upon anger. They become angry. They become angry when you point something out. You may be pointing it out good-naturedly, like the math teacher pointing out an error to the math student. You just good-naturedly point something out, and they come unglued, and they become angry. See? So their anger is an ego stubbornness. It's a way of denying. It's a way of denying the truth and not seeing their own wrong. See? And then other people come to their assistance. You know, like dumbed-down math in school? You know how the school systems are consistently dumbing things down and dumbing things down and making the tests easier and easier and dumbing things down because uh, there's something wrong with their teaching methods. There's something wrong with the with the, the system. The kids are not learning. And so they hide it. So they become enablers. See? Rather than just saying, hey, you know, you need to learn this because you don't know it. So there's so many aspects of this. But can you see that ego stubbornness results in denial, in refusal to see? So getting back to the lady who hates her husband because she hates all men because she hated her father and she still hates him deep down, but she doesn't want to see it. She sees herself as a wonderful, loving person. If you try to say, tell her about it, she won't see it. And if she's forced to see it, she denies it and makes excuses for it and blames and tries to make you look bad and accuses you. So that's the nature of uh, ego's stubbornness. What is it that you don't want to see? What is it that you don't want to see? When you begin to see it, you immediately push it down. You don't want to see it. Well, that's denial. That's ego stubbornness. Okay? And it also manifests then as things that you, you have to have. Because those are the ways of getting what you've been tempted to want. But when you get them, you're dissatisfied. But when you don't have them, your guilt begins to come back. Without them, you feel empty and guilty instead of facing reality, facing the truth, and quietly and humbly seeing your own wrong. Instead, you reach again for more. And when you have it, it doesn't satisfy. And then you reach for more and more, you see. So it becomes a vicious cycle. So what you must do is stand back and see in God's light. And when you stand back, you're standing at the beginning. It's a new beginning, this time in God and from God. And flowing from Him and in Him, everything henceforth is good. And the old bad dissolves away and falls away. And only good and good things to reach for and true hopes, hopes you don't have to give yourself, are there for you in God's beautiful kingdom. See, but here's the thing, just hearing about religion, hearing about God, hearing about Jesus, it's not enough. You have to experience Him in your innermost being. And what's blocking you right now from experiencing Him is undoubtedly resentment and being lost in your thoughts, lost in your daydreams, and lost in your worries and doubts and fears. And so you have to learn how to stand back from those so you can get clear of them, okay? It's like coming up out of 
being under the ocean, coming up to the surface, and there's the blue sky and the puffy clouds, and you take a wonderful, deep breath of fresh air. That's what you need to do to come out of those daydreams that become nightmares. Rise above them and then find reality, the blue sky and the puffy clouds and where the birds are singing. And that's why I've made a little meditation, too. I've made a little meditation that has been very, very helpful to some people. It's been very helpful to me. And I think uh, could be just what, what you need if you really and truly want to get better, okay, and find out the purpose for your existence and find out just where you've been going wrong and what's been blocking you from finding all the good things that life can hold. Welcome back to Shedding Shackles. Shedding Shackles is supported by contributions from listeners like you. To view our many free resources and make a contribution, visit SheddingShackles.com. Yes, we do. We have a lot of resources. Most of them are free. A few of them, I ask a little donation. But the vast majority are totally free. Dozens and dozens of YouTube lectures on interesting topics, meditations, articles, books. Well, the books aren't free, but you can preview them, preview cha- you know, chapters for free. I'm a man with a microphone, so I, people ask, no, I don't have a church. I do not have a church. All that would do is cramp my style, and besides, I want to set you free. I want to set you free, not tie you down with more church, more doctrines, more this, more obligations, more this, and more labels. People say, I'm a this, or I'm a that, or I'm a that, or I'm a this. All it does is divide you up from the commonality, the brotherhood and sisterhood of humankind. That's all it does. I don't need any labels. I'm just a person. And I open my mouth and I talk. And if what I say strikes a responsive chord, then that's good. Okay? Now we're talking about ego stubbornness. So now, let's talk about ego stubbornness some more. A long time ago, someone said something. Well, you got to get a... you got to get degrees. you got to study more, more classes, more education, more knowledge more degrees, more courses, more study. So you did, okay? And they promised you, see, long time ago in the Garden of Eden, going way back. See, we're all progeny of our progenitor Adam and Eve, and we inherit his nature. What was Adam's nature? His nature was that he had in his mind he had a little a little inclination toward ambition, a little weakness, a little lack of perfect love for God, a lack of perfect obedience to God, a little something that, that was appealed to by the serpent, who was the most subtle of creatures, appealed to through his wife, through Eve. And there was a, a certain object. In this case, it was the, the fruit, the forbidden fruit. And Adam's little inclination, see, inclined him in that direction, and he began to listen. And the, his wife's words, coached by the serpent, were very clever. They said, well, God said, you'll die, but I ate some of this, and I didn't die. So she cast doubt into his mind, and 
that doubt went right along with that little inclination of his to be ambitious. He couldn't resist. Well, he could have, but he just went ahead and went for it. And at that moment, when he partook of that fruit, when he ate of it, when he took it in his hand and ate it, then he now experienced the life of pride. Before that, he had only known the life of God, the life from God, the life in God, with a totally different energy. And now, all of a sudden, he experienced a life of pride, reaching, taking, eating, absorbing, ingesting, feeling, and a sense of separation from God, and for a moment, a high in the mind, a high, a life of pride. And so in that moment, he thought, he felt, this is really living. This is it. This is living. But actually, he was dying. Because God said, you eat of that fruit, you will die. So now you see the lie. You see the inclination. Now do you see your nature inherited from Adam and how you reach for things that they promise will bring you happiness and joy and the real life, the good life. But instead, it leads you in the other direction. Did you know that my most popular book is The Myths and Mysteries of Marriage? A spiritual and practical look at relationships. My favorite chapter is How to Forgive and Forget. The Myths and Mysteries of Marriage. Check it out at Amazon.com or SheddingShackles.com. For over 25 years, Roland Trujillo has been helping people shed the shackles of unhappy memories, consisting of upset, hurt feelings, and negative emotions that bind them to the past. Over the years, many people have listened to and benefited from Roland's positive message. Perhaps you, too, can discover the secret to becoming free from the past and moving forward to live a new life of joy and purpose. And now, here's your Shedding Shackles host, Roland Trujillo. What I'm talking about is very subtle, but it's the basis of Paradise Lost. You need to see it as I say it. I'm writing about this in a new article that will be in my latest newsletter, and I will also have it in my new book. Yes, I have another a new book, in a word. It's going to be a beautiful book. I already have the title picked out. It's a beautiful title, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. I'm just going to tell you that it's... Uh, very nice, but I'm talking about the subtlety of uh, this will-o'-the-wisp presence in the mind that, that comes to you, sometimes cloaked in beautiful images, or it's just a voice, or it's just a presence in the mind, and somehow it's whispering to you, it's whispering that through something, through sex, through food, through a drug, through partying, through 
something. It says that you will find real life. And if you don't taste of this, other, everyone else is doing it. You're the only one not. If you don't taste of this, you won't have lived. And you feel that, that pull. And some object is always held up. You know, it's some image of some person or it's the idea of sex or food or excitement or a drug or partying or could be anything. Success. Dancing in front of the crowd. Singing in front of the crowd with thousands of people cheering. Oh, that you think that's, that's the life. And so you, you float away with that, with those images in your mind, with that daydream. But just remember now that your subconscious mind in your current state, your current hypnotized state, your subconscious mind is control is not your your thoughts are not your thoughts. All you can do is struggle. You're like the the person on the stage when you know you have a professional hypnotist brings people up on the stage and then you know they do uh, f funny things. But often the hypnotist will say something like, uh, "You you can't get out of your chair. You're gonna you feel like you weigh a thousand pounds and." No matter how hard you try, you can't get out of that chair. Go ahead, try, try, go ahead, try as hard as you can. And the person can't. See? Be, all they're doing is struggling. They're just mentally, conceptually struggling, but their subconscious mind is under the direction of the hypnotist. You see what I mean? So in your subconscious mind, you have all of these images and allurements and memories and about this, that this will be... This is, you know, food, going and eating this fast food or this junk food or having this drink or watching this ball game or going to this game or buying this item or buying that item or having this or having that. See, that's the idea in your subconscious. And there it is. It was implanted. And then you struggle. It's like the person that can't get out of the chair. You struggle and struggle, but it's there. Finally, you give in to it. See, now do you understand that uh, that it begins with uh, an inclination toward doubt, doubting what is right, doubting what you know in your heart, heart, doubting God, and then eating of the forbidden fruit. Now, for a lot of people, the forbidden fruit is hating someone. That's right. So there's your father or some man, and he's contemptible and weak, and he's not there for you, and he's a user. Sometimes he's a weak people-pleaser. He seems so nice and such a people-pleaser and wanting to be like kind of person. And yet you have contempt for him. See, or perhaps he's abusive and violent or he's a drinker and then you hate him. Hate him. But then in your hate and your contempt, you feel guilty because hate is wrong. But you see that he's a temptation. He is a temptation. He's the forbidden fruit. He's like the apple that, eat, that Adam ate. He, in his weakness, in his contemptibleness, in his lack of honor and fidelity and nobility and that lack of a connection with God, he's a big temptation. And you fell for the temptation for hating him. Now you must let go of the hate. Let it go. Let it go. Do you have a question or a comment? 
Email us at SheddingShackles at Yahoo.com. That's SheddingShackles at Yahoo.com. Now, maybe your earthly father was not so bad. If he wasn't so bad, then just let go of your resentments toward him and your hatred. If he was bad, then just see that he too, once upon a time, was a little boy. People were mean and cruel to him, and he never found it. He never found the link, the connection, the rapport with the Heavenly Father. If he had, see, if a man like Christ has a rapport with the Heavenly Father, then love comes through him, and correction, yes, tough love, corrective love, correct, correcting your ego excesses. See, we all need it. We all need someone to say, hey, knock it off. Then afterwards we feel better. But when nobody says knock it off, when they just are permissive and people-pleasing and weak and groveling, or if they say it in a mean way, a way without real love, a way without, or a way without authority in a contemptible way, then you have a tendency to judge, judge them and it puffs you up in pride. For the, for their, and feel you feel contempt. But do you see that that feeling of contempt, that feeling of pride, is the ego life that comes from responding to temptation, and it separates you from true life, from eternal life. So what you must do is stand back and find a way of standing back. You know, like... Have you ever know, seen where someone's, two people are arguing and all of a sudden one of them stands back and says, hey, it's not that important. But then they both kind of laugh and then they're friends again. You see what I mean? you got to find a way in your own mind to stand back. Watch all those thoughts and compulsions and those hatreds and angers and hostilities and buried things. Watch them rise. But this time in the light. When you stand back and you're closer to God's light, you'll see him in the light. Let the light deal with them. Stop trying to save yourself. Stop trying to make yourself good. Just let your hair down and be a regular person and just quietly, quietly realize things. Realize your own wrong, your own helplessness, and don't resent realizing it. Just see it. Just see it. It's a gift from God by way of intuition. And it's the beginning of eternal life in the kingdom of God. I certainly hope you enjoyed today's program. I certainly enjoyed making it. You can listen to it again at our radio archives at SheddingShackles.com. And I exhort you to try the little meditation. It could do you a world of good. Until next time, Lord willing, and the Greek don't rise. I'll see you then. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Shedding Shackles with your host, Roland Trujillo. Now you can listen to Roland anytime by logging on to www.sheddingshackles.com. You'll find lots of free, helpful information, and you can also order materials or make a donation by using your credit card. Once again, the web address is SheddingShackles.com. Please remember that Shedding Shackles is listener-supported. Thank you.